Well, good morning, church. It's good to be home. Karen and I enjoyed just a couple weeks of uh, traveling not too far away, seeing some family and friends, and it's good to be away, but I tell you what, it's always good to get home. Amen? It's always that that's wonderful sense. So uh, Pastor Robert and I decided a few months ago that we wanted to preach this sermon series on uh, how, do, how do we deepen our faith? How do we deepen our faith in Jesus Christ? How do we deepen our faith and in, in, in live it out as the church of Jesus Christ? So uh, we decided to preach this series, A Disciple's Path, Deepening Our Relationship with Christ and the Church. I'd like to invite you to go ahead and take out your teaching notes. There's a few places on the back side of that page that uh, you may want to take some notes or just uh, fill in a couple blanks there, and that will help you stay focused on this message for you today. So the purpose of the series is that um, we know that people are always asking the question, what does it mean to be a United Methodist? And, and there's so much in the media today talking about our, some of our uh, challenges that we're facing, uh, but there's so much that is so good about our historical church, and, and I, we, we just wanted to share what those are because I think that they really help position us to grow in our faith. And so when we join the church, when we join the United Methodist Church, uh, we talk about uh, these five uh, personal vows that we make, that we will support the church with our prayers, our presence, our gifts, our service, and our witness. Uh, two weeks ago, as uh, Pastor Robert started this series, he talked about uh, our ministry of presence, how vital it is that uh, we be in attendance together here in worship or watching online if uh, you're at home or wherever you may be around the world. Uh, we, we just need to be sitting together and worshiping together. And as we do this, it's important for us uh, to also be engaged not just one time a week on Sunday mornings, but uh, throughout the week, maybe one other day, one other night, uh, with prayer, with Bible study or a small group, uh, we think that that's going to help us in identifying where God is calling us to live and to serve. Uh, the second thing is uh, that um, Jesus Christ says, uh, we, he, Jesus Christ says, I want you not only to be present, but I also want you to be in prayer. And I want you to spend time one-on-one uh, -on -one with me and corporately with me in prayer, just communicating what's going on in our hearts, uh, what's happening uh, that we want to lift it up to God and, and just allow God to come and minister to us. And so today we're going to talk about service. And, and uh, this is a, one of my passions as a church. Uh, I always hope that the identity of a church uh, be, will become much more focused on how we serve the local community and serve the world. So on the, on the front page of your teaching notes, you're going to find this lengthy passage of Scripture, John chapter 13, verses 1 through 17. And I've asked Pastor Robert to come and lead us in uh, hearing uh, this passage. You may open it in the, in the Bibles that you brought with you, or you may want to read it from the Bibles that are in front of you, or the teaching notes that you have, or the, or the screens that are going to be showing the Scripture. So listen as the Word of God is spoken and proclaimed. It was just before the Passover festival. Jesus knew that the hour had come for him to leave this world and go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. The evening meal was in progress, and the devil had already prompted Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot, to betray Jesus. 
Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power and that he had come from God and was returning to God. So he got up from the meal, took off his outer clothing, and wrapped a towel around his waist. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with the towel that was wrapped around him. He came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus replied, you do not realize now what I am doing, but later you will understand. No, said Peter, you shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered, unless I wash you, you have no part with me. Then Lord, Simon Peter replied, not just my feet, but my hands and my head as well. Jesus answered, Those who have had a bath need only to wash their feet. Their whole body is clean, and you are clean, though not every one of you. For he knew who was going to betray him, and that is why he said, not everyone was clean. When he had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and returned to his place. Do you understand what I have done for you, he asked them. You call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for that is what I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. Very truly, I tell you, no servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. My friends, this is the word of God for the people of God. I want to ask you to find yourself in this illustration, where you see yourself in this picture. I want you to imagine yourself driving over this morning, over the causeway, over to Sanibel, and going to the beach. And there you see a lot of people gathered there, and, and, and some people are just laying on the beach. Other people are walking into the water and they're up to their ankles in the water, and that's as far as they ever go. Uh, some people are out in the water, and they're splashing around, and they're enjoying themselves, and, and the water is deep. But you find yourself here with just your ankles in the water. You see... If I were to share with you what I believe is the greatest challenge of the church today, it is to help move people out of their comfort level of coming into worship on Sunday mornings and thinking uh, that they have checked off their expectation by God uh, by sitting in worship and walking out the door and going on the rest of their lives, and all you've ever done with your life is swim in the water up to your ankles. What would it feel like for you if you decided that you were going to be looking at these five aspects of what it means to be a follower of Jesus Christ from the United Methodist tradition of our prayers, our presence, our gifts, our service, and our witness, and decided that you were no longer content with being people who were going to be living here, but you wanted to swim in the deep water because you know that you're going to be always cared for and loved by Jesus Christ and that you will never, ever sink because Jesus Christ has a claim and a hold on your life. But the reality is, 
This is a challenge that the church of Jesus Christ is facing today, is how do we move people deeper into the water of faith and less content with living only up to the ankles? Even, and that might be a stretch for some of us. And maybe you're discontent laying on the beach and getting a sunburn. There's two illustrations that I can use because I think these two illustrations kind of set the stage uh, for a lot of people, and that is uh, that uh, it's like a deck of cards. My grandmother and grandfather, whenever they would come and visit us when I was a, a, a young child, teenager growing up, and my grandparents would come, we always had to hide the cards and the dice because of their faith tradition. Uh, they knew, my grandmother said that if uh, you ever start playing with cards, uh, that you're going to start gambling and you're going to go to hell. That was as clear as she put it. That was pretty clear. Um, but I enjoy playing, uh, uh, you know, several card games, um, but I don't gamble. But my greatest fear is that there are people who look at the card game and they think, oh, this is just good enough, just adequate enough. I can come and play around in my faith, and I can come and just be content and play around with the cards and play around with the faith and play around with prayer, pray, play around with uh, attending worship, play around with reading the scripture, play around with this part of life, play around with serving Christ, play around with loving people, play around with being joyful people, play around. And that's all we ever do. We're just playing around. What would it be like if you decided that you're not, going to continue, you're not ever going to continue playing around anymore, but you're just going to throw the whole deck in, and you just want to play with Christ in such a profound way that your heart and your heart is warmed and transformed, that your, your mind is touched and transformed, that you want to become something special because God has created you to be something special. It's time for us to stop playing around, and it's time for us to swim deep in the water. Or many of us uh, play around with our faith. It's like a lottery. If I got the right lottery ticket, I'll get to heaven. And so I had a friend of mine uh, do some uh, uh, analysis about numbers. He said, you're 120, 121 times, um, let me see, how do, how do I put that? You're 121 times more likely to die from a, from a lightning strike than you are to win the lottery. Get that? You're 121 times more likely to get hit with lightning and killed by lightning than you are to win the lottery. So let me tell you, my friends, when you get hit and killed by lightning 120 times, then you should get excited about the lottery. <laughs> but we're just playing around. And so what I want to try to do in this series with you and with Pastor Robert is to say, how do we move deeper into our faith? How do we live with such a joy that God has, that we can recognize God's plan and God's purpose for our living? So I want to talk to you about two opposites. I want to talk to you about an opposite of playing around with the cards or an opposite of the lottery and, and, and lightning. And I want to talk to you about this image that I have here on this table. And this is the image of a basin, a pitcher of water, and a towel. 
and how this can become relevant in the world in which you and I live. Let's go back to that passage of Scripture. Go ahead, if you would please, and take out that teach, those teaching notes. Let me just kind of walk through this with you. Because this, this passage of Scripture probably has, has had the most powerful uh, impact on my life in, in, in 64 years of life. This one passage of Scripture has literally turned my life upside down constantly every time I get, even get near it. So here's what you need to know. The custom of that day, the custom of the day during the time of Jesus, before Jesus and after Jesus, is uh, that when a guest would come into a house, that the uh, person who owns the house, if they were invited to a party, the person who owns the house uh, would have a servant uh, seated there. Uh, just usually there would be an, an outer uh, courtyard. And they would be seated there uh, with a pitcher and a basin and a towel. And the person, the guest would come and sit down in a chair and the, and, the, and the servant would come and place the feet into the basin and then would pour water over their feet, refreshing, cool water, and then would take the towel and wipe their feet. Because they had been walking around there. It's very dusty in Israel, it's, and, and so they wanted to have their feet clean. Well, there's a real practical side to that also. And the real practical side of that is, is that uh, if they didn't do that, and they've been walking around sweating, and, and what do you think their feet would smell like? You're right. So uh, what they would do is they put a little bit of perfume into the water, and, and then the, they would pour the water over, dry the feet, because back then, the tables weren't like the tables that we sit at. Let's imagine this. I don't know what the table looked like back then, but let's imagine that it was uh, 18, we do know it's 18 inches above ground, a little table, and then it would maybe in the shape of a U, and everyone would be laying on their left-hand side on a pillow, and they would be reaching with their right hand, which is considered their clean hand culturally, and be eating. And somebody down the row, and the person next to them would have their pillow leaning against your chest, and they would be eating, and the pillow on the chest of the person there. And so they were all close together. So guess where their feet were? pretty close to their faces. And so they wanted to make sure that they had clean feet. Now fast forward with me to the time in which Jesus decides that he's going to invite his 12 closest companions. This is the Passover, just before Jesus was uh, going to be uh, crucified, killed. And so here we have uh, Jesus walking in, in, in uh, or, uh, sorry, let me just re replay that. Uh, Jesus had not yet arrived. The 12 disciples came first. And one by one, let's say Peter comes in first, then uh, Peter, the, uh, the one upon whom I'm going to build my church, and then we have uh, John, the beloved disciple John, and, 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 and then the other 10 disciples come in. But there was something that didn't happen. There was no one there to wash their feet. So can you imagine, uh, here's Peter, he, he says, you know what, I'm pretty big stuff over here. I'm, I'm, I'm one of those early disciples that was called. Uh, I'm not going to wash his feet. He was the last disciple called into the group. I'm not going to do that to, hit to him. And John says, I'm not going to wash Peter's feet. I'm not going to wash Judas Iscariot's feet. I'm not going to wash anybody's feet. And so what happened is, as they all uh, gathered, and nobody was washing anybody's feet, 
And so finally, and Jesus says, let's just go up upstairs and eat. I can imagine that Jesus' um, humor level was pretty low and his, uh, his, his kind of uh, in-your-face attitude to the disciples was pretty high. So they get up there. Now I want you to look at your scripture. Look at verse number two. In verse number two, what it says is, is that the meal was already going. That means Jesus said, I'm not waiting for you to wash each other's feet. The meal was already going. Now jump down to verse four. In verse four, he sa- it says, so Jesus got up from the table and he went over to the corner of the room and he took off his outer robe. And he took a towel and he wrapped his towel around him. And then he picked up a, a pitcher and a basin and this towel, put it over his shoulder, and he went around to all of the disciples and he washed every single one of their feet. He comes to Peter and Peter says, Jesus, you're going to wash my feet? Yes, Jesus says. Oh, no, you're not going to wash my feet. And Jesus keeps on washing. Can you imagine that experience when Jesus came to the feet of Judas, who he knew was going to betray him? And Jesus pours the water over his feet. He comes to Peter again, the one who's going to deny Jesus. How many times? Three. Pours water. Can you imagine how quiet that room must have gotten. I don't think there was anybody saying, hey, can you pass the bread? I don't think so. There was a moment in time in history in which Jesus looked into the eyes of every single one of his disciples and he said, you are going to be my followers, therefore you must serve. And Jesus takes a towel. And he dries the feet of the disciples. Here's my question for you. What would have happened this morning if when you came in this morning to, into the sanctuary and, and you were told, uh, in fact, you weren't told, you were each handed a pitcher of water, a basin, and a towel, and, and the usher said, we're all going to wash each other's feet today. I dare say many of you would have turned around and walked out the door. But Jesus says, I've come to serve. Look at verses 12 through 17. Do you understand what I have done for you, Jesus says? You call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for that is what I am. Now I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet. You should wash one another's feet. I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. So let me just share. Turn your page over. Let me just share on the back page just three simple notes. The first thing I think that we, what we hear in the Scripture is that Jesus is unapologetic and with no ambiguity whatsoever calls every single one of his servants to be uh, followers, to be his followers, and to be people of kindness and to be people of servanthood. 
If you have said yes to Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, you have said yes to a life of servanthood and to a life of kindness. That's what we're called to do. Let me just illustrate it. I'm, I'm going to run out of time this morning, but let me just illustrate it with, with this story. On July the 7th, uh, here in our sanctuary, all three worship services, perhaps you remember uh, that our youth led the worship service, and they did an excellent job. A- after this service, after the 9.30 service, I was standing out in the lobby area uh, just uh, chatting with people and enjoying uh, getting to know some new people. And right at 10.40, it started to sprinkle. I look outside, and and outside the window where there's handicap parking, I see Donna Mullinex uh, drive in and park. And it's sprinkling lightly. And and her assistant that day uh, was getting her walker out of the car and getting Donna seated on the cart so she could get rolled in as fast as she could. And then it started to rain a little bit harder. And so I excused myself from talking uh, with whoever I was talking with, and and I go into my office where I know that there's a very large umbrella, and I went outside uh, to help take care of Donna because she was getting wet and her assistant. But when I get out there, I'm too late. We have a young lady in our church Her name is Ariel, and Ariel had quickly seen the same thing that I had seen, and she quickly, uh, much faster than I did, found an umbrella, and she ran out there, and she was holding this uh, largest umbrella, which was not very large. She was holding it over Donna and her assistant, keeping them dry, and she was getting soaked because it had turned into a torrential rain. And I'm thinking, that's it. That's it. And my question that I have to ask myself, and I I simply want to ask you today is, how often do you and I miss the opportunity to serve other people because we have our blinders on? We really don't want to see. We really don't want to care. Shame on me. For being a follower of Christ... See, it's not about position, and it's not about title. It's not about uh, how much money you have. It's not about any of that. It's do you, do I have a heart to love people and care for people and to serve people right where they are? The least, the last, the lost. And we hear these words, verse 15 and 17. We hear these words. Jesus says, I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. And then verse 17, now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. Jesus says, I've given you an example. I've demonstrated for you what you need to do. Will you do it? But then we get this verse 17. It says, now that you know these things, know, knowledge, awareness, 
now that you know these things, you will be blessed if, if, if you do them. Might it be that we're not being blessed in our lives because we're not following the example of Christ? So you have a choice to make. You, you can have this knowledge and just keep living life the way you want to live, not serving. Or you can live your life in the knowledge that as a follower of Christ, you and I, we are called to live as servants of Christ. Small ways. Big ways. I want to give you something today. Uh, when you all came in, you should have all uh, received a, a small Cypress Lake UMC towel. And I want this to represent the towel of servant, of serving. I want this to represent for you the towel that Jesus Christ used to wash the feet of the disciples. I want you to place this in a prominent place in your life. I'm going to place it um, every morning. Uh, I'm going to place it in, uh, every evening when I empty my pockets. I'm going to put it into my, in, into my armoire, and I'm going to have it there. So th the first thing I do in the morning when I get dressed is I put things back in my pocket, and I'm going to touch my servant towel. Perhaps uh, you're somebody who uh, you want to leave it in uh, your car. Or maybe on your desk. But I want, to, I want you to place it in a place where you will literally have to see it every day. And I simply want you to ask yourself the question, am I a servant of the living Christ? In practice? Or just in name? Am I a servant of the living Christ in practice or just in name? My hope, my desire, my passion is that we will develop as a congregation, is that we will see people with new eyes, that we'll experience people with a freshness, that will lead us into a path of being servant leaders for Jesus Christ. Amen? Let's pray. Uh, gracious God, we come before you just as we are. We've entered this space called the sanctuary. We're physically here or online. And Lord, we just want to surrender. We want to surrender who we are 
just as those early disciples did in that upper room. And Lord, we want to surrender so that we can draw closer to you, receive your power, your grace, your love, and then hear your voice clearly say, I call you to be my servants. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.